Welcome back to the Free Mind Podcast, everyone. Welcome, welcome. I don't know if this All right, we're going to do an interesting one today. Um, I want to talk about why is it that so many educated, quote unquote, smart people tend, or at least in, in the past, like me? yes, kid. like you, man. just joking. In the past three <laughs> to four kid, years, kid. keep getting it wrong. What now is that it? would be. No. What's going on? What's going on? But before we jump I into it, just a few things. Um, this last week, we were, you know, I was kind of thinking about this topic because we were with my parents and we were, you know, a lot of stuff went with the Supreme Court happened last weekend that was amazing. A few like key rulings. Um, we decided we had watched this movie a long time ago um, about Clarence Thomas life on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime called uh, Equal, Created Equal. I can't even remember. Yeah, the I think title. it's Created okay. Equal. But anyway, so I pulled it back up and we watched it with my parents. Man, it was really powerful. It's so moving, his life story. It's it's just, yeah, it's compelling. Yes, really, really very compelling. Powerful. And very relevant to these last, um, what do you call it, uh, whatever they decided with the Supreme Court, six mm-hmm. to three, especially on the affirmative action stuff with with colleges. Uh, they talk about that in his journey. And very interestingly, you know, you might not know, uh, he actually went through a Marxist phase. Yeah. Uh, Clarence Thomas and you know just this great incredible story with his granddad and how he taught him these principles grew up super poor descendant of slaves in the south yeah. um, you know and just how doors began to open and he worked his way up and deep state attacks you get to see uh, Senator Biden <laughs> it's so deep yes well, it's, it's it's like a it's like a pre-play to the Kavanaugh thing yeah crazy i i bet when while he was sitting there through those trials he would have never imagined years later how things would unfold and how life would turn out but either way he's a man of like principle he's not moved and swayed by popular opinion or culture like his decisions are you you'll see in the documentary how principles are just formed in his soul and then from there he makes his decisions yeah you know not like moved by it his moods or yes. what's going on in culture. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. interesting countenance, like a unique guy, too. You know, you're yeah. like, man, he's, you know, I don't know. It, it's, but Men of hi- old. Highly recommend it. Like, you can watch it with your kids. I don't remember there being too much crazy stuff. And there's a couple little scenes, you know, you might, you know. But, um, yeah, just if you get the chance, man, watch that. Talk through it with your family. Just an incredible documentary. We're not getting any, you know, this isn't a sponsored no, thing. This is just us, like, it's telling you what. A- we, you know, just the benefit we gain from it, and, and we think you would as well. Um, and real quick, I want to show this. I, I just saw this popping up just since we're on the going through random stuff on Twitter What's today. This? I don't know if you saw this, babe, but this is a good test. If you if you can't see this, I'll try to describe it. Um, but yeah, so let me play this for you real quick. So, doctor, uh, walking a baby. Are you ready to meet your parents? You ready to meet your parents? Are you? <laughs> Two dudes. You know, one of them acting super feminine. The, the moving music, you know what I'm saying? Here's the baby over. This is Charlotte, she says. And you know, they're, they're doting over the baby, and it's just this. 
And so, you know, this person, 8th Century Woodchipper, tweeted this. A lot of people are tweeting this today. That's the only reason I bring it up, just kind of a sigh. He said, a good litmus test. Do you regard these people with admiration or disgust? Ooh, <laughs> that's good. And so, you know, that it will kind of show yeah. you how, like, has the, has the psychological operation been successful in your mind? You can test yourself with stuff like that because you'll be drawn to it. Like, like what is your mind more full of? Is it, are you, have you been moved to the point where we call good evil and evil good? Ooh, my, my. Come on, see. So many people are posting the same, man, the poor child won't get the blessing of having a mom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and being brought up, like, in this kind of debased uh, picture of normality, quote unquote. Yeah. What they left out of that clip, too, is just, you know, how was the baby birthed? Right. You know, what's its, um, you know, it was. it's not assigned a gender per se, but it is born yeah. a gender. But yet, you know, they're ignoring all of that. The baby just is just carried into the room. Right. It's not a natural process. Yes. From them. But, you know, they ignore that part. No, it's int- it's in that interesting though, mm-hmm. you know. And I re- I don't uh, hopefully Just, you don't mind me sharing this because I'm sharing it now. But okay. I, I know that one time what led you to kind of search out another church was, was you had a conversation. And I won't put the church on blast, yeah, yeah. but I was just having conversations with some church leaders, and I remember this very topic coming up of a homosexual couple um, adopting a baby. Now, this was years and years, years and years ago, and years right? and years ago. And I uh, said, well, I don't think that's biblical. God doesn't, that's not God's created order. And I didn't say it in those words. Of course, I'm a kind of a new believer. And I was- Yeah, you, so you were, yeah, you were more of a new believer at the I time, but you of, had this sense I had been that disciple. Like, I was like, I don't know, I think it's it's mother and father and baby, not right. man and man. You know, and, and this was a leader in the church. Like a, this a, person uh, was a leader yes. in the church over the prayer ministry, and um, I got rebuked at the dinner table or lunch table, and I was kind of confused. I said, "Well," and I remember you told me they said this person might have more love. Yeah, than, you know, than other children that grow. This kind of thing was their reason. Sure enough, and so I was confused at that point. How could this person be a leader in the church and um, condone this? You right. Know? So right. that led me on my quest to like, okay, know the word and the scripture for myself, and to know what God approves or disapproves of. You know, we are to be conformed into the image of Christ, being able yeah. to discern God's will. And and so that took me on a journey of just looking for a church that really taught yeah. sound doctrine, because this one didn't. <laughs> so it happened. And so that's an interesting, you know, to bring that back sure. to this, to this um, time. I think so many people have, they've been, we've been brainwashed, but if you think about the book After the Ball, where they plan this out on how yeah. to, had to change the hegemony in the culture to where not only is it acceptable, but if you say anything against that, yes. you are deemed a racist, bigot, homophobe. And not only that, um, it's been taken down since then, but the Black Lives Matter website spoke of tearing down the heterosexual hegemony, normativity, yep. and wanting to uplift the yes. transgender, all of this. And like they, they just were against. Yeah. God's created order. God's the, created the Dow, order. as we talked Dow, about at the beginning yeah. of the season with CSO. And so interesting stuff. And it's, you know, they're they're flooding culture with their their yeah. um mission. And you have to just, you know, you notice that the music, the the play, like it's oh, all it's moving. It's set it pulls up. On the it's set up to like, oh, move to play fun. on your compassion, 
which is, you know, a good thing. It's a good part of God's design, your empathy, your desire for a baby to be in a loving environment. For sure. And they picture, you know, this this look on their faces of just, well, man, we're going to love this baby. Yeah. But remember, love is not love defined according to our own human standards. Love yeah. is defined by God. Amen. And it's and it's meant to it's it's the <clears throat> set toward the well-being of the beloved or the mm-hmm. object of one's love and you can't have well-being you know if you if you love your car you don't put milk where the oil's supposed to be you know you don't put yeah. water where the gas is it breaks the car and so you can't raise the next generation up in a way that destroys and, and dismisses mm-hmm. the created order that yeah. God built into the fabric of nature itself so anyways just a just a little side note there but that leads us into one more part we we did with my parents we went through the pandemic videos okay yeah <laughs> and those are interesting like if you know even if you don't even if you don't necessarily subscribe to all the things that they say and I think it's worth checking out and just looking into and they put Plandemic 3 out uh, a few weeks ago I'll pull that up here too if I can real quick Um, so I think it's just Plan let's see Plandemic yeah PlandemicSeries.com so if you go there you can watch it for free and I just recommend it one of the things they talk about in this thing is like um communism that there was a guy 50 years ago that was saying that giving basically the communist playbook and they were putting up modern like stuff that's going on that shows you exactly how they have like brought this to pass and so one of the questions that's asked in that documentary is like okay when we look at the people that were least susceptible to the psyop, the psychological operations that were being run on us through our institutions, in many cases by communists, by Marxists. Like, who were the people that were least susceptible to it? And those were people that actually, they said, at least in this study they they referenced in this book, this person that had studied this over the last few years, said the people least susceptible had a strong religion and community. Can you guess who the people that were most susceptible to being deceived by the psyops oh were? It the turned medic- out to be the highly educated. Ooh, okay. I was going to say the medical industry. Yeah. Well, so that would be yeah, one part, one but part it was of, just, okay. yeah, people that were highly educated, highly intelligent. Highly educated, highly intelligent. Okay. So that raises the question, like, how can that be? Because, you know, one of the things, like, for me, growing up, I've talked about this before, like, in many ways, like, a great church background, like people that loved the Lord, they were serious. Mm-hmm. They had problems just like anybody else. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't it wasn't dishonest. It wasn't hypocritical in the core. Okay, it was people that genuinely loved the Lord. They wanted to experience Him in the charismatic world. Tended to be anti-intellectual. So when I first discovered mm. that there were highly educated, very thoughtful Christians, it was like a beacon of light to me. It was very helpful, right? And I latched onto it and I dove into it and like I, I went into that world and I had a hu- huge respect. I would go to all these conferences. I would chase down these things. I'd read the footnotes and the books and the footnotes and all that stuff. And really God used that to rescue my faith and show me that the the, the Christian faith and worldview is intellectually sturdy. It's the most sturdy worldview, I think, out there. Um, it can stand up to scrutiny. But in that you can become an intellectual idolater mm. to where you like prop up these intellects on this pedestal yeah, and you begin to think of them as sort of elite to everybody else. And you, you might have an overconfidence in their ability to discern truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Especially when they talk so smart and you over your head and you know yeah, they're just yeah, presenting yeah. stuff. Okay, you yes. Got it. So so yeah. and there's good like what I'm gonna Nothing try to do is show that. the just value saying. of the the value of Christian intellects and in many cases the church has not appreciated them like they should and because of that this this sense of anti intellectualism has been negative overall in the church. However, okay. what I want to say is this has been a this has been kind of an eye opening scenario for me because I began to see that like people I had looked up to for years as the arbiters of truth. Mm-hmm. The people that like really had seemed to be incisive, like they really were were these high level thinkers. I was like, man, they were being they were being taken in. Now if you you could go way back to like the Russiagate thing, they whatever the news told them about Trump, they just believed. And that was the first thing. You're like, oh, you know, I can kind of see that. He, you know, he would occasionally give give the enemy some uh some good stuff to work yeah. with arsenal yeah but then you started seeing as well they would buy into the they they just took the blm narrative hook line and sinker like a lot of them did and they 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 fell into the woke ideology and even when people like vody bakum would point out the flaws it was like they couldn't they couldn't receive it Mm -hmm. um then you had the covid thing and i saw all these highly intelligent people even Francis Collins. Now that's a different story because you don't know if he's getting paid. But I had read his book back okay. in the day. He was a theistic evolutionist, you know, seemingly brilliant guy who helped co like worked on the team to map the human genome. Wrote a book called The Language of God, and I'd read that book. And you know, he he started BioLogos, a think tank on these things. Okay. Well, he was like one of the main guys pumping the vaccine to everybody and all that, just like toeing the line. But not only him. Um, many, many, many evangelical elites, but even people on the secular side. And you begin to wonder, you're like, man, are they not looking at the same? Like, how are they buying into this so much? And why is it that like the common folks on the street can often see through it? Right. Good old fashioned common sense. It's right. Has become Yes, not so the common. Price, yeah, not so common, and just the priceless commodities. These days. And so that okay. that for me was a challenge. Like it was like I had cognitive dissonance. Like here's these intellectuals I I have like leaned on, and not all of them, thankfully, sure. but but a good swath of them at a higher at a higher probabilistic rate than the man in the street were buying into this stuff that seemed to me to be easy to see through. And part of the thing that they talk about on Plandemic 3 is because in the nature of our education, people are there. They are sort of indoctrinated to assume that these institutions like the CDC and the WHO are reliable. Like you, you it's drilled into you that these are the these are the true and proper sources. And these other things are like tabloids. Right. So the Internet people are just you don't even have to consider what they're saying, basically. And you, right, you just, just kind of blindly trust in these institutions. And that kind of makes sense. You like, know, you do that when you go to the doctor. You go yeah. in there and you're like, you're at the mercy of his knowledge yes. and his test and his coming to conclusion on what's the best procedure to right. help you. And so it's like, that's why it's wise to get second opinions sometimes, you know, second, <laughs> yes. third opinions. But yeah, you're right. You you trust these institutions of old that right. have been around for years and have been leading for years. But yes, however, and I think it was just too much for many of them to consider uh-huh. many of the the intelligentsia to consider 
the fact that these things we had taken to be the stalwart, reliable pillars could actually be that corrupt. That was a hard pill to swallow for many. Jeez. Um, and I get it. Like we all do. Like, so if you talk about, we, you know, the three sources of knowledge, authority, reason and experience authority reason experience so we all none of us you know build our epistemology epistemological framework from the ground up without any help like most of what we know comes through authoritative sources so you have to have a degree of trust and you have to know who to trust to to stand on certain things that you don't have the ability or the time yeah to find out for yourself right another factor too i thought was like you watched people who may have not fallen into this group you're speaking of, the intelligentsia or the academic. People who um, have expressed skepticism against these institutions also fell prey. It's like they, too, like just abandoned their scruples. And I think that there was a push on social media. This virtue signaling kind of thing became the thing. And just you were pleading with people, hey, give it time wait look give it some time to prove itself nope i'm just gonna do it and so yeah yeah, there was that too no for sure and i think um so so you know what what i began to ask the question is like what were the ingredients what are are there ingredients to help us like in the season and thankfully like you were pointing out there were some in that field that did like they saw it and they stood and many Uh of them to great sacrifice personally like you had uh dr j i forget how you say his name buddhacharya from Stanford, who was standing against it, Scott Atlas, these guys, and they were, I, I mean, they that. were brought through the cold. The frontline doctors. Robert Malone, yeah. like all these guys that were doing it, and they, they they tried to wreck their career, put, some of them were put in prison in ways that you could tell they were just like, you know, show me the man, I'll show you the crime kind of thing, uh, Simone Gold, for instance. And um, and so you saw this stuff, and that that is a that fear tactic could could play yeah. a part as well. Um, but I, but I think when I saw Joe Boot's book Ruler of Kings that he had written a major section on the difference between intellect, intelligence, and wisdom, hmm. I thought you know what it's worth taking this because I think this is a big part of that very thing we're asking about that. Um, and would help us in moving forward. We need um, we need clear thinking. We need good thinking. We need the people that are going to study these things. We need different Christian intellects. Amen. But they have to understand something, and they they can't adopt the approach of the secular humanist world around Ooh, us. And that's what's on. happening. And that's why many, I think, many even of the Christian intellectuals were prey, fell prey to these psyops. Okay. Gotcha. So let me open up this book here, uh, Ruler of Kings by Joe Boot. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fly through a couple of these to get to the meat, but this is good. Rene Descartes had a dictum. He said that remains as relevant as ever. There is nothing so absurd or incredible that it has not been asserted by one philosopher or another. There's nothing so absurd or incredible that has not. <laughs> okay. In other words, like some of the, you know, you can find these ridiculous things. At least one philosopher in history has, you know, claimed that that idea. Because ideas have consequences, the ideas of thinkers and philosophers are eventually applied in cultural life. If these are not made subject to the word of God, they can have disastrous outcomes because they manifest fallen man's rebellion against God's law. Jeez. 
Okay. So I'm gonna fast forward here. He he kind of talks about um, intelligentsias. If you're not familiar with that, he says because of the steady triumph of pagan humanism in the West. The modern world has seen the reemergence of many archaic oddities, one of which is a self-anointed elite class, the intelligentsia, a secular substitute for pastor and priest. Okay? Yikes. Okay. So if you think about it in those terms, like they kept saying, trust the science, trust the science. You know, they're, in other words, they don't even want you to critically think as a scientist and about which science and, and which journals, because they were contradicting themselves all over the place. They were just basically saying, trust whatever the re- most recent thing we yeah. have decided to release to the public. Trust that. Trust this elite. We'll make the decisions. We'll do the thinking for you. you dare not question us. If you run against our narrative, we will censor you. Mm. Um, so that's kind of plays into this, but he said the first truly modern intellectual Jean-Jacques Rousseau set a recognizable tone for the emergence of a self-righteous secular elite, making much of loving an abstraction called the people, freeing them from the shackles of civilization and tradition and establishing their general will, quote unquote. But in the end, he could not disguise his disdain for humanity and liken the masses of ordinary people to a stupid pusillanimous invalid. That's That was his words. I, I don't even know Jeez. what that second word is. Let's right? See. <laughs> see if the uh, pusillanimous, uh, showing a lack of courage or determination, timid. So a stupid, timid, timid invalid, in other words. That's the, that's the masses of ordinary people. And if you think about guys like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates, Yuval Harari, Fauci, that's, I think that that's how they basically view the masses. Yeah, so we've got to tell these idiots what to do. Because if they don't, they're going to kill everybody and kill us. At least that that would be the the nicer version. You <laughs> that's know, a generous. Uh, or that's a that's a very generous. You know, if I think others would say no, that's 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 not what they're not trying to stop people from killing people. They're you know this is a depopulation agenda. So there actually is an intentionality yeah. from the dark side, and that probably has a good amount of uh, weight to it. So. A more recent defining example of this new class still celebrated amongst cultural elites today is George Bernard Shaw, the Irish playwright and public intellectual prominent in the first half of the 20th century. Beyond writing plays, Shaw held forth on all kinds of cultural and political subjects and made grand sweeping statements about his fellow human beings. Um, Like many British intellectuals of the era, he was a Fabian socialist who nonetheless regarded ordinary working people as contemptible with no right to live. Who does that remind you of? The the so-called deplorables, right? See. He wrote, quote, I should despair if I did not know that they will all die presently and that there is no need on earth why they should be replaced by people like themselves. Oh, my goodness. He was an admirer of dictators and political dictatorships precisely because he resented ordinary people influencing culture. Believing they could not make sensible decisions. So you get this idea that they they think, you know, knowledge is, is really attained by this elite circle of self-proclaimed, mm-hmm. okay. you know, intellects. And the, the, the common folks need to just submit to that. that. That's what we saw in a lot of this, in fact. So let's we're going to go to this section here. 
uh, called The Foundation of Wisdom. This is very important here. So will you read just a little bit okay. of that, babe? Take the Foundation of, of Wisdom. It is a regularly observed phenomenon that many otherwise brilliant people appear utterly bereft of wisdom or judgment in the vital affairs of cultural and political life. So I think that is the key to this whole thing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Come on. <laughs> so it is a re- he said it's a regularly observed phenomenon. This is something regularly observed, even outside of this recent time, that many otherwise brilliant people appear utterly bereft of wisdom and judgment in the vital affairs of cultural and political life. Why is that the case? You know, you, you should be thinking that right yeah. now. Like, what? what is that? Yeah. It's, and we, and we kind of answered that. Like, part of it is like a blind allegiance to okay. certain institutions and no ability to, to consider that, like, I think, you know, normal people, they can kind of smell a fish, right? When somebody's like, so, and, and I'll, I'll even take it like this, okay? So if you talk about left brain, right brain. Okay. <laughs> We had to do these tests recently, and I don't buy into the over. Right, they're you know, there, there's some ish. there's some ways of cashing the right sure. left brain out thing that I think are just off basis. But just accepting the general idea that we use the left side of our brain for more logical, sequential, okay. rational thinking, and the right side of our brain we use that more for intuitive stuff and um, kind of like you know sensing things, yeah. you know that kind of deal. And that people tend towards one side of the brain over the other is is a dominant factor in use. Um, I I landed on the left brain side. You landed on the right brain side. We took the test. Now, what I'm going to say is you actually need both. But I think part of the educational system, it only rewards the left side. And it only acts like the left side is reliable at all. So I think there's there's something to like now when me and Nerva go somewhere like, I do well to recognize that sometimes she has good intuitions that I can't perceive just through my, you know, my factoid sheet <laughs> and kind of like, you know, go, yeah. going through each thing and saying, here's the pro con and here's like, here's the evidence, but she can sense it almost right away. Like maybe about a person like, and, and not that it's a hundred percent, but I think you, you have this intuition. Sometimes it's called women's intuition, right? Mm-hmm. About people and yeah. their motives or are they trustworthy? That kind of thing. Yeah. Anything you want to say about that? I, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think the Bible calls it discernment, and I think, you know, my my safe route about that is like the more you learn, the more you can discern. But there's good old fashioned sometimes uh, a sense of something isn't right, and if you sense a red flag, there's a reason. It's not always law, yeah. but it's good to kind of like, okay, why do I? Either you've gone through something similar and it feels familiar, or you're like flee this isn't right this isn't you know so i don't know i don't yeah. know how to define it but it's yeah I think it's hard it's good. yeah it's, it's hard to nail down it's a gift you can pray for mm-hmm. in the scriptures too. yeah yeah it's like one of the spiritual gifts for sure and i think you know part of it even on a natural level is like you can look at those old movies you know when when you get the doctor he's like got his glasses on he's like you know testing this and well i don't see the bacteria here in the, right. in the, in the old country but watson something stinks that thing's <laughs> rotten you know right. and so it's like you know it's there there's there's a degree to which i think the arrogance that can come along and 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 i'm speaking as a person who loves to read i love the academic world i have been in it for years i've appreciated it. i've gleaned a lot from it but i do think there can be an arrogance that's blinding 
um, that you don't respect the and value properly the intuitional level. Yeah, and I think that could be on both sides. I think arrogance no is doubt. not just yeah, reigning yeah. over the the left brain for sure, side. For sure. I think those who are right brain can have that same and kind I, of arrogance. That was what I encountered early on I hear in you. my experience was like like a dismissal altogether sure. of you know book learning. No doubt. <laughs> so any, you have it on both sides. For any sure. virtue that's not submitted under the Lord has the potential to go wrong yeah. and to be used in like for the bad camp, you know, so you have to watch that. Yes. But, uh, but to go back to this point here, the regularly observed yeah. phenomenon that otherwise brilliant people lack this kind of judgment. If you want to grow in your confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it. And we'll see you this summer. In order to do that and to solve the paradox of cultural and political folly amongst much, much of the intelligentsia, it is first critical to realize that all cultural and political thought inescapably rests on a given foundation. One religious worldview or another is the frequently unacknowledged basis of all forms of political philosophy. So that's that's important there. Like, how do you solve another. the paradox of p- cultural and political folly amongst much of the intelligentsia? Well, part of it, it's it's the problem is not in their reasoning, in their logic. It's in the foundation. It's in their worldview. It's in their worldview. It's okay. in the presuppositions. Um, so he says he goes on to say ultimately from. From the scriptural standpoint, either Christ or his word revelation provides that foundation Mm. or else the thinking of elites and their revolutionary ideals will assume the role of biblical authority. Yikes. So start with that in the Older Testament. Okay. In the Older Testament, the great Hebrew thinker, politician, and teacher, King Solomon, gives us the key to understanding why being intellectually gifted is no guarantee of true insight, wisdom, or sound judgment. Who preach? Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding, Proverbs 1, 7, 2, and 6. If the true foundation of wisdom is missing, if the principal part of knowledge is neglected, then any knowledge structure built upon it is inherently unstable. So that's important right there. So that's why, you know, sometimes we'll listen to intellectuals talk and, you know, we're we're kind of like critiquing or even listening to them that aren't Christian. Right. We've been doing that just this week. We were listening to some people discuss some items and many of them are very intelligent they have a high yeah. intellect, but you like, why do they get to these terrible conclusions that mm-hmm. seem obviously false to anybody with half a brain cell that walks up and observes what they're talking yeah. about? 
And and in many of these cases, it's because this, the true foundation of wisdom is missing. Mm. If the principal part of knowledge is neglected, then any knowledge structure built upon it is inherently unstable. It's like building a, an amazing looking edifice on a terrible foundation. Mm. The foundation, if, if it's cracked or if it's in a sinkhole, it's going to, it's going to turn and fall and then the the beautiful edifice is going to crack it's unstable does that make sense yeah so um and i like this what he says he says it may appear elegant and well proportioned but when the winds of the real world blow against it it will be found wanting and that's one of the things i think like oftentimes the abstractions of the intelligentsia can hide their error because they're, it's not hit by the way the winds of real life. What happened in the past few years is we could see those winds knocking down those structures in real time. Mm. And I think for many people, they've they've come to like see that wow, like intelligence isn't necessarily the ability to know the truth, and it's not even necessarily wisdom. Mm. Wow. So uh, carry on from there. Clearly, intellect. Clearly, intellect, intelligence, and wisdom do not always coincide, are certainly not identical, and should never be conflated. That's good. Mm-hmm. A person may have the ability to grasp complex ideas, intellect, and even have the capacity to understand their relevant implications for a given area of thought. But wisdom is of another character altogether. So let me let me point that out. Just yeah, highlight that he said. It. So the what he's defining as intellect here is the ability to grasp complex ideas. Okay. Okay. So if you think complex about ideas. intellect, is the ability to grasp complex ideas. Some people are more gifted at that than others. Some people nurture that and develop it to a high level, right? Okay. The capacity to understand the relevant implications of those complex ideas for a given area of thought is intelligence. Okay. So you I would intellect is grasping the complex ideas. Intelligence is, is being able to take those complex ideas and understand their relevant implications for the area of thought that you're okay. dealing with. Okay. Okay. But wisdom, he says, is a whole nother character. character. Okay. So read on there is the All Thomas right. Sowell quote. He As gives. Thomas Sowell whom we adore. Um, as Thomas Sowell points out, wisdom is the rarest quality of all, the ability to combine intellect, knowledge, experience, and judgment in a way to produce a coherent understanding. Wisdom is the fulfillment of the ancient admonition with all you're getting, get understanding. Yep. That's another level. So you're okay. bringing that stuff together with sound judgment, sound discernment. Yeah, in, and in experience. Essence. Yep. Yeah. A lot to of be able to produce a coherent understanding. And that's the problem is like when you get in some of these high level, super high level discussions, for instance, about social justice, you'll get some high level intellectuals talking up here in these abstractions that are dizzying. But at the end of the day, it won't tie together because they don't know what justice is. Mm. They don't have a framework to ground justice Mm. as a moral imperative and to even define it and then clearly develop a societal system to implement that justice. Mm -hmm. So they could talk about statistics and this and that all day, the research and all that. But if you're lacking the foundation for wisdom, you're not going to get any anywhere. In fact, I, I couldn't remember if you guys are listening. You can find this quote. I think it's in Mere Christianity. 
But C.S. Lewis says something like, um, if you get the your assumptions wrong in your formula, you know, your starting point is wrong, you can reason furiously and end up at the wrong place. In fact, the more furiously you reason and the more consistent and logical and accurate you are with your logic, the worse off you'll be mm. <laughs> because your assumption was wrong to Jeez. begin with. And the best thing he says you could do is turn around and go back to where you started. Wow. <laughs> And so, um, you know, uh, let's let's go to this next section. We have a few minutes left here, but intellectuals, reason, and worldview. Yeah, maybe that. Okay. In the occupational construction of political and cultural ideas, the modern intellectual is usually, there are always exceptions, though, a person who claims allegiance to a particular kind of thinking and a commitment to the use of certain analytical tools and evaluative evaluative frameworks (laughs) within these frameworks ideas that are viewed as progressive or nuanced novel enlightened or artistically complex tend to be applauded whereas traditional ideals are largely dismissed as reactionary simplistic or outmoded you know that reminds me of screw tape letters Mm. he's like you know don't tell them what's Yes. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, you know, they don't care what's true and tried. Yeah. What's the latest? Yes. What's stark? What's the mm-hmm. latest jargon? Give them that. That's how you flu- influence them. No, you're exactly this right. So that, here. that intelligentsia, Lewis was experiencing that, obviously, in his, you mm-hmm. know, in his university. And he was taught, he was kind of like predicting where this was going and, and describing yeah. his present reality. And I think we see, we're seeing that in spades, right? Like yeah. the tradition that's simplistic, like we're going to. We, we're going to deal in all these areas that are, um, you know, these these high levels that y'all can't even y'all can't even grasp. Right. So don't try. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to uh, silence this real quick. OK. Um, so let's uh, let me let me see if we want to skip. Uh, let's go down to. Let's go down to that bottom one that's highlighted. OK. In blue, Contemporary there. trends in this form of thinking that now dominate our culture hold to a social. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. No worries, love. I'm going to have you start at the top of that paragraph. Okay. It's, it's good. In contemporary academia, this exclusivity resting upon a claim of intellectual superiority superiority presupposes an idea going back to the enlightenment that there is an autonomous standard of self-regulating thought i.e. secular reasoning protected by an elite class before which all ideas must present themselves for judgment so that's the that's the foundation i'm talking about that tries to slip into even our christian institutions mm-hmm. but it, but it's it's a form of um enlightenment thinking that says you can you can have reason without god and without his revelation and so reason is a standard mm-hmm. and like he says uh, resting on the comp- a claim of intellectual superiority presupposing an idea going back to the enlightenment here's the idea that there is an autonomous standard mm-hmm. self law standard not a theonomous not a god law standard of autonomous standard of self-regulating thought secular reasoning protected by an elite class that's why they protect it and they're they feel morally actually impelled to censor opposing ideas before which all ideas must present themselves for judgment that is that enlightenment thinking so he, he says here we encounter the philosophical assumption 
that human thinking can function as the lawgiver of the world, prescribing from thought a law to nature. So now we get our laws of nature, not from God, but from our own thoughts. Mm. This thoughts of the elite. Thank you, Val Harari, not the cloud, not the God up in the clouds. Yeah, not the fairy. The clouds we create and the morality that we create. Now he wants to do it with AI, create a new Bible with AI, right? Um, The claim of radical autonomy involving the idea of freedom from anything coming from outside the human subject is the basic idea of Western humanism since the Ah, Renaissance. It implies a total rejection of a divinely given order for creation. Contemporary trends in this form of thinking that now dominate our culture hold to a social construction theory of reality. That's huge. Where we can create the world we live in by our thoughts and language right down to our sexuality and identity. So that's the social construction theory of reality that we fall into post-enlightenment which is postmodernism in essence like you you understand that like if you lose god you lose this really objective thing outside of human minds so now it's down to human minds mm-hmm. and so when you have that we construct reality so today he says we we see it expressed through the humanities in economics politics and law it is not unusual for intellects to then protect these various judgments of their enlightened thought with the claim of neutrality mm-hmm. While those who disregard disagree are regarded as uninformed, prejudiced, or hopelessly biased, they don't they won't um, follow the science. We watched right. just a, last night the reporter and this doctor was talking to uh, Robert Kennedy and saying we're we're hoping you will become the kind of person who will follow the science, you know, because he's rejecting the narrative of the 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 whole COVID thing. So. Anyways, that, that's, that's just how that works out. Um, I want to skip down here as we're wrapping up. Anything you want to say as I'm looking for the spot we want to land on this? No, he's, he's just spot on. You know, one, one um, thing this makes me think of is mm-hmm. some years ago when the onslaught first came on and showed itself on Twitter, when a parent was going to allow their two- to three-year-old or baby to – or to decide their gender i was like how how what <laughs> how does a parent come to this conclusion right and it's like it's just, it's human autonomous reasoning outside of god's creator a child can determine based on just desire and so now people are rejecting um their birth gender mm. just kind of like choosing and self-identifying and um i just think it's interesting and now we're on to the point where doctors um you hear of doctors um and systems medical systems who are going to allow kids without their parents permission yeah to self-diagnose and want to change their sex in their youth and um, it's just it's just crazy yeah, it where this leads to how this the evolves. Absurdity. You know the absurdity of it. It's like this is where this when you goes. lose that foundation and you reason yeah. furiously from the wrong Ooh. spot, you end up with these. But this, this is kind spot of on. You can see it. It's like, um, wow. And you know Thomas Sowell, who comes from intellect, he is you know in in many ways an intellectual, but yeah. he has come to see the foolishness of much of that enterprise. He says this. This is quoted in the book. Intellectuals do not simply have a series of isolated opinions on a variety of subjects. Behind those opinions is usually some coherent, overarching conception 
of the world, a social vision. Intellectuals are like other people in having visions, some intuitive sense of how the world works, what causes what, dot, dot, dot. At the heart of the social vision prevalent among contemporary intellectuals is the belief that there are problems created by existing institutions and that solutions to these problems can be excogitated by intellectuals. They can be solved by intellectuals, figured out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This vision is both a vision of society and a vision of the role of intellectuals within society. So the institutions cause the problems, intellectual elite are gonna fix it, get out of the way, let us do our job, you know, kind of deal. And so the problem is when you've adopted that Renaissance idea, human autonomy of thought, it's leading to this absurd, these absurdities that you pointed out that we're now experiencing. And it actually leads to undermining real science Mm. because real science um, entails the ability to challenge the prevailing narrative if you have evidence that can be better interpreted on another model. Um, it, it thrives when there's real debate mm-hmm. and not not with censorship of um, oh, the ideas that the elite wants to, to squash. So, Very interesting. Um, last, last thing, I want to close it here with this section. But with this in view, we will explore why the gospel of Christ must not be regarded or treated as an inspirational idea that mm-hmm. offers immediate solutions to various societal problems. Rather, the gospel declares the kingdom and power of God manifest in both the creative and redemptive work Ooh. of Jesus Christ. See, the, the part that's under attack is the creative work yeah. of Jesus, um, the Tao, the, the, embed, the, the moral and rational properties that are embedded in the created order. So uh, the redemptive, creative and redemptive work of Jesus Christ, which transforms the heart of man and in, do, in so doing makes a new creature out of him. The fruit of this transformation is a spirit-given vision of Christ's kingdom to come and the will of the Father to be done in every Mm. aspect of creation. This God-ordained vision calls not for self-anointed experts, but for faithful and spirit-anointed servants committed to the law word of God for creation and culture and to excellence in each sphere of life for the glory of God. So that reorients the intellect. Good thing if wielded properly as a servant servant of Christ, starting with the foundation of the fear of the Lord and his revelation in scripture and nature, and then working up from there to serve humanity. You see the difference? Then when you get that, you have the right starting place. Then when you properly use the God-given gift of reason and intellect, it leads to wisdom and living life well. Otherwise, you have this foundationless, inherently unstable thing that turns into power play. That's why the postmodernists correctly understood where modernism in the Enlightenment led. So they reacted against the modernists who were saying, no, 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 we can't have knowledge. We can have objective knowledge and we can have objective truth without God. The postmodernists came in and said, no, that's just your power play. And that's why the the new form of that in the anti-racist literature says the appeal to objectivity in science is white supremacy, right? It's oppressive. Yeah, it's oppressive because they understand, like, where are you getting that from? If this is just another form of human thought, we all have our human thought. We all have our narratives. We can reframe everything ad infinitum, right? Um, And even your so-called scientific knowledge isn't knowledge. That's just your way of interpreting certain data data points. Uh, 
But if we have God in the foundation of that, then we do have the actual ability to come to the knowledge of truth. And so when you're if you're thinking through these things with people like don't don't accept their presuppositions that you can have rationality and reason and logic and science without it being built on the foundation of the fear of the Lord and his revelation. Any thoughts on that? No, it's awesome. Well, well, thank you guys for, uh, you know, going through this with us. I think we have, uh, you know, given you just just some food for thought on, you know, why is it that the intelligentsia, especially the secular intelligentsia, but even a little bit in the Christian intelligentsia, why is it they were so susceptible to, he, he says, like throughout history, political and social, uh, sorry, political and cultural folly. Um, but especially in these last few years, and I think a big part of that is what are we building our foundation on? Are we humbly coming to it and understanding the corruption? Here, Sorry, one last thing sure. as we're wrapping up here. The, the reason that you can do better if you're thinking Christianly um, in getting to the truth is because you recognize the depravity of man and the fact that that can really influence institutions. And so you're always at least open to the idea that man, maybe the CDC is corrupt. Maybe the WH is oh is corrupt. And and to be fair, on the other side, like you know the BLM there, like man, has America? We have to wrestle with that. Yeah. Like, have they done these things? Like, what have they done? How should we overall give them a picture? Um, and and the problem with with that whole narrative is not necessarily um, the idea that America is not perfect. The problem is the presuppositions about the nature of justice, about the um, the overall picture of everything and how to interpret the data and the directionality, all those kinds of things and, and the solutions they offer. Yeah. And so anyways, that, that's an, that just shows you one example of like having that doctrine built in biblical understanding of the depravity of man can actually help you to not be susceptible as much to these psychological operations that they're going to continue to try to run on people to to kind of they're they're often trying to take us down these pathways toward in many case cases nefarious ends yeah. and in some cases toward what they think is utopian um, but it actually is dystopian because they've misunderstood the basic reality of God creation and human beings so thanks again um if you are appreciating what we're doing here if you if you consider supporting us on patreon at least hit the you know subscribe the like button helps the word get out more and we will uh see you on next time Uh